Welcome to From the Well, a podcast from the Academy for Spiritual Formation. We invite you to take the time to pause, center, and listen deeply. The content you will hear contains excerpts from faculty presentations recorded at Academy for Spiritual Formation events. The Academy is an international program ministry of the Upper Room that provides courses of retreat and study steeped in the rhythms and practices of contemplative life. For more information, please visit our website at academy.upperroom.org. We hope you enjoy. Hello and welcome to From the Well, an audio blog from the Academy for Spiritual Formation. I'm Rachel Kinney. Hopefully your new year is off to a great start. Here at the Academy, we decided that this year it was time for a podcast. We have over 30 years of audio archives that we have culled, cataloged, and are going to bring to you in monthly installments around a central theme. In honor of Martin Luther King Jr.'s birthday, and in light of the series of recent events that point to the culture of polarity that we are living in, we wanted to have our first episode talk about listening, and the importance of listening in the active creation of the beloved community. We live in a society that is full of talking and talking over one another. We have access to everyone's opinion updated by the second, but despite this constant communication, we are not listening to one another at least not in a way that fosters reconciliation or growth. Martin Luther King Jr. used the term beloved community to mean a society and group committed to realizing that we are all in this together, that we cannot talk over or ignore those that we don't agree with. The beloved community allows everyone to be a part of the conversation. It allows all voices to be heard, but this first requires listening. Our first clip is from Catherine Damiano's Academy 25 talk on spiritual disciplines. She begins at the hinge of our disconnection, that place where we are confronted with the world as other, a place that she calls impasse. Oftentimes our religious ideas and assumptions are shattered. Perhaps we're confronted with the other, with other ways of thinking that don't fit our worldview and just knock us for a loop. We experience the brokenness of human relationships, perhaps a divorce, perhaps we lose a loved one, perhaps we get the diagnosis, perhaps we experience what I call the sacrament of failure. Perhaps we experience the limits of human justice. Perhaps we experience the hypocrisy of the church. And it does you in. And you are broken. And what you knew as yourself, your identity, is no longer the same. But you're in this in-between place where it has not been repatterned into a new form yet. This can be called a place of impasse. In the face of impasse, out of our fear, we often hunker down, looking for security by becoming entrenched in what feels familiar or certain. 
We take on a violent stance toward the world. It is us versus them, me against the world. We see our interactions as battlegrounds and competition, not as invitations to transformation. Martin Luther King advocated for a nonviolent approach that looked fiercely at our cultural impasse and demanded another way. He writes, The aftermath of nonviolence is the creation of the beloved community. The aftermath of nonviolence is redemption and reconciliation. This is a method that seeks to transform and to redeem and win the friendship of the opponent and make it possible for men to live together as brothers in a community, not continually live with bitterness and friction. In a talk from her 2006 Massachusetts Five-Day Academy, Jane Bernard discusses the importance of dialogue instead of debate and the necessity of listening and conversation when we find ourselves at an impasse, both culturally or personally. A debate is always to listen to each other so we can counter them. And you get points. You get points if you counter their argument. So we listen in order to counter what's being said. That's the formal debate. Now, I think that most of what we call discussion is polite debate. We're not trying to score points, we don't think, but we really are. But back to the listening, when I'm having a discussion, I'm listening to people to find a hole in their argument so I can slip mine in. I listen so that I can respond. Hopefully, we respond rather than react, but a lot of it is reaction. It's just a little more polite reaction. We react to what people are saying, and we get going on this discussion. And I think a lot of what passes for conversation in our groups is basically polite debate. We're not listening to the other person. We're only listening so we can say what we want to say. How many times as you're listening to somebody are you formulating your response? And you just think, I wish they'd finish so I can say what I'm going to say. And that's what's going on inside. Now, there is the possibility of dialogue. I listen with a possibility that my heart might be changed. Well, that's hard because if I'm convinced the other person is wrong, I don't want them to change my heart. So the whole issue of our willingness to listen to one another with that openness, particularly people we feel as the enemy or the you know, in opposition to, how do we listen so our hearts might be changed by what they say? Now, I might not give up my position, but my heart might be changed. And the only way that we can dialogue is to take time and space for silence. In his five-day academy entitled Overcoming Fear Through Love, Luther Smith takes us from this place of impasse to a place of meeting through an examination of the spiritual discipline of reconciliation. Smith's talk echoes the words of Martin Luther King who writes, but the end is reconciliation. The end is redemption. The end is the creation of the beloved community. It is this type of spirit and this type of love that can transform opposers into friends. The type of love that I stress here is not eros, a sort of aesthetic or romantic love, not philia, a sort of reciprocal love between personal friends, but it is agape, which is understanding goodwill for all men. It is an overflowing love which seeks nothing in return is the love of God working in the lives of men. This is the love that may well be the salvation of our civilization. Listen now to Luther Smith. Our most fundamental definition of reconciliation is a place of meeting. 
a place of meeting. And the question I would ask each of us to consider is, how are our churches providing a place of meeting for the brokenness that we experience in our communities, for the brokenness that we experience even within our congregations? Where is a place for people to express their hearts? For some to speak and for others to listen and for those who have listened to in time speak and act, where are the places of meeting? Around matters of racial reconciliation, around matters of sexual orientation, around matters of immigration, around matters of poverty, where is the place of meeting? And if the church is not providing places of reconciliation, places of meeting, who do we expect to do it? One of the unfortunate things, I think, about so much of the discussion around sexual orientation is that people will wait to have the conversation just before it's time to vote. Then you have discussions of persuasion and where you have to hunker down in order to not show any weakness, any understanding, any true listening. Why aren't we having more conversations when there's no vote involved, but where we're seeking to reconcile with one another, even when we leave the meeting, having the same convictions as when we gathered, but being very different people because we've come together. And I've spoken about this matter of commitment to our children, which I think is, is vital. Um, William Sloan Coffin Jr. said, we don't inherit the world from our parents so much as we borrow it from our children. In what shape, then, shall we return it, with more hunger and arms than ever before, or with less of both? And there's another question. It's not whether or not the churches could make a difference. It's whether or not they will. I hope the churches will lead. The world is now too dangerous for anything but truth, and too small for anything but love. Too dangerous for anything but truth. Too small for anything but love. I want to end this episode with one last King quote. He writes, It is this type of spirit and this type of love that can transform opposers into friends. It is this type of understanding goodwill that will transform the deep gloom of the old age into the exuberant gladness of the new age. It is this love which will bring about miracles in the hearts of men. It begins with listening. It begins with making a place of impasse, a place of meeting. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed this installment of From the Well, a podcast from the Academy for Spiritual Formation. We encourage you to visit our website at academy.upperroom.org to learn more about our ministry and to continue the conversation about today's topic. 
Once you arrive at the Academy website homepage, click on the Community button in the upper right. On the Community page, scroll down to find the Academy blog. From there, you'll be able to find today's audio blog post and all previous and future episodes of the From the Well podcast. If you'd like to be notified when future episodes are released, like us on Facebook or join our email list. A link to sign up can be found on the contact page of the Academy website. Thank you. Blessings as you journey into the sacredness of life.